everybody. Welcome to Study with Steph. Um, we are on episode five now, so if you are still with me, congrats. Thanks. Um, I am joined today by Chrissy Sarah. She is the Midwest Sales Support Engineer for Sony's Pro Division, and today she is going to help me start with the video systems chapter. That's chapter five if you're studying in the Avixa guide. Um, but before I can understand video systems. I wanted Chrissy to help me understand light because light is where all of this starts, if I'm correct. Yep, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this chapter. It's like my favorite chapter in the whole book, so. <laughs> I'm really glad Rightly that you were so, the right? person. Yes, I'm so glad that you're the person I'm talking to then because I, I was like going through this. I was like, what's going on? Somebody please help me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so yep. I'm really no, glad you're here a worry, with me. Not a worry. And I'm glad you're gonna make this experience a little less uh, daunting for me. So I I really appreciate you being here. Um, and you came prepared. You came with a whole presentation. So yeah, yeah. I'm ready, man. I'm excited. Okay, awesome. Whenever you want to start, let's let's learn. Cool. So one thing I wanted to uh, encourage you to do is okay. you know stop me at any point that I I say a word that you don't get or you know that you want to go in more depth of um, okay so that we make sure we get the lesson and then you know outside of this you know this book is exactly that is an exam guide so the lessons in here are a review of you know important concepts um, one thing I really like is the Avixa online essentials of AV course um, they, uh, they break down these elements in more detail. Uh, and, and then, you know, you can just kind of spend your own time learning about the subject, but anyways. So let's start with light itself, like the actual essence of light. Yeah. Um, understanding some of the concepts in this book and in our CTS journey requires a basic knowledge of physics. <laughs> And uh, I have yeah. I have tried to disprove this theory, but it's just impossible. So when we think of physics, we think a science course that we may or may not have taken in high school, right? Well, there's a lot of other people in this industry who did take physics and it does sit in the back of their mind and it is how they subconsciously think through things like, you know, how planes take off. Or for me, um, a lot of times I'll catch myself lost at a stop sign because I'll, I'll have stopped at the stop sign and then all of a sudden everything just goes on pause because I'm starting to think, wow, like what are all of these molecules doing? Like my car tire versus the pavement and like the stop sign is red. Why is the stop sign red? Like I just yeah. get this, like almost immediately I get super in-depth about the silliest things. But, um, you know, that's important because why is that? Why, why if I press my car horn, you know, where does that sound go to and why can I hear that you know a mile away which car is going to hear me first all of those things that we don't even think about on a day-to-day -day basis is physics um so I asked you to bring something today and okay, I wanted yeah. you to show us what it was I had you bring so go ahead okay. and show us and we're going to come did. back yeah, to it later came, in the lesson as well I came to class with the approved materials I have a glass of water and a pencil Okay, so on camera, put that pencil in the glass of water. Like, okay. Yep, just like that. So now you can see, if you see the 
top part of the pencil yeah. is a little bit off center than the part of the pencil that's in the water. Yes. Right? Okay, yes. so let's take a note on that. Go ahead and put that down. Thank you. Okay, um, that visual, how does that happen, right? So why is the pencil almost dis disjoined from itself? We're going to get into why that is. Um, I already mentioned a little bit about people in this industry that know a little bit about physics and either you know, went to a course or didn't go. If if you did or didn't, I would still recommend doing a refresher of like physics 101. And you can find this anywhere. Uh, online, you know, LinkedIn, Linda has one, Khan Academy has one. Um, there's probably some physics guru who does a basic version of it. But basically what what that has helped me do in my CTS journey is answer all of those questions. Like when I see a term in here, especially on the audio section, like, you know, something about a decibel, what in the world is that? And how do I associate that with anything else in the AV world? Turns out decibel is everywhere. So yeah. um, it's just, it's it's worth taking a couple minutes to uh, to learn, you know, some of the basic elements. Um, and one of those basic elements is light itself. Um, one thing that I also took note in my learning for my CTS was after studying the chapter in audio, you know, until my eyes were bleeding, um, I realized that audio and light are very similar. Um, you know, with the idea of wavelength and frequency and amplitude, um, I was like, wait a minute, audio also has wavelength, frequency, and amplitude. So do they, can they do exist or coexist? Do they? Do you remember from your previous lessons, the definitions of wavelength, frequency, and amplitude? Yes. I mean, if I tell it off the top of my head, it's not going to sound scientifically correct. I would definitely encourage, um, uh, what do you call those things? Flashcards, because wavelength frequency and amplitude are the elements that we consider to give us a result of something and when you get further along in your cts journey you're going to run into power and you're going to run into ohm's law and ohm's law has also three elements that we have to consider to give us a result so this is fundamental stuff that you're learning right now is wavelength frequency and amplitude three elements that give us a result and that will later also show up in power where we have three elements volts amps and ohms that gives us a result of power so keep yeah. that in mind as you learn as well so wait i just remember what that wavelength I... is <laughs> wavelength okay. is like one yeah. rotation one full rotation right okay yeah basically yes. it's the physical distance between the two points so if you think about um you know, exactly one cycle apart. I like to use the the example of like a racetrack. You know, if you go around once and you, you come around to that other point. Gotcha. So yeah, so wavelength, um, I think the official definition is like the physical distance between two points, uh, exactly peak to peak or something like that. Mm -hmm. But where it's exactly where we're going um, one cycle apart. And then frequency is how many of those are in uh, a given um, cycle, right? Okay. And then amplitude is the intensity. So 
the way that I understand how light and audio run parallel with each other, this is going to make a lot of sense here in a second, is, you know, if somebody who is in their entire career of audio versus someone who's in their entire career in video, we'll probably nitpick this comparison, but we use wavelength, frequency, and amplitude affects light movement, as in light color and light intensity. And then wavelength, frequency, and amplitude in sound gives us our tone and our intensity. So wavelength speaks to the spectrum, right? So wavelength speaks to where we fall on either the visible spectrum or the audible spectrum. And then frequency in light gives us our color and then audio gives us our tone. Amplitude then gives us our volume. And then in light, amplitude gives us our brightness. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I also enjoy thinking about light in its motion because in all that we think about in our existence, believe it or not, it's very theory-based. So though we have substantial evidence to lean towards proving something one way or the other, right, white or black, it still is a general theory. If you go back way into the history of really smart dudes, they have a lot of theories, and some theories are more proven than others, or, more, or we lean more towards others than another because of various elements. So like if we think about the psychology field and how all the ways that we can, you know, uh, think about how our brains work, that's all theory based as well. Some are more useful or I don't want to say useful, but more uh, result orientated and then others are just present. So a way I understand how light can move is first to understand the two possible theories that exist. One of it is the wave, it is made of waves of electromagnetic radiation. Say that five times fast. So how light can move is waves of electromagnetic radiation or streams of particles called photons, but don't worry about that. So there's two, way, two theories of how light moves. Now, why are there two theories? Because really smart dudes back in the day who studied this not only saw one way that light can travel, but they saw another. And if you blend the two, you get different results. So some ways to understand elements of light are better understood thinking in one theory and other elements of light are better understood if you think in another theory, but it's still the same thing. It's still either in this, in this context, light direction or in the psychological theory aspect, how our brain works. So it's still the same thing. It's just thought of in two different ways. So don't get too lost in the weeds when you think there's not two ways to drive a car. Well, there actually is. We just prefer one over the other. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes All sense. Right. So like they're, they coexist, these two theories. That's not like you have to believe one and not the other. Right, or you're it's, less of a technician because you follow one path or the other. Um, it's just you. a more, yeah, it's more of a, it's more of a, con, an agreed upon path 
to consider our light in our field. Okay, so let's review wavelength, frequency, and amplitude one more time since we Great. have that background now. Okay. Wavelength is the physical distance between the two points. And here I have it exactly one cycle apart in the waveform, right? Mm -hmm. So if we think about that in light, uh, do you remember an acronym from like ninth grade or whatever? Maybe it was like fourth grade. I don't remember school anymore. Do you remember what that was? No. What was it? I think somebody mentioned pizza one time, but it's Roy G. Biv. Do you remember yes, Roy G. Yes, yes, yes. Roy G. Biv. I know her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So that is <laughs> that is our acronym to describe the visible portions of the entire spectrum of light visible yes. to our eye. And in hearing, we also have a spectrum. Have you ever heard that our dogs can hear higher pitches than us? Yes. Well, we have x-ray machines that can see higher frequency of light, right? Yes. That we can't see. Because x-ray yes. waves are like all the way over here or over you got here. it. Yeah. Okay. So in, in the spectrum of, of frequency life, our spectrum of human hearing is 20 to 20,000 hertz. So just like we have a visual spectrum, that little cute little, you know, graphic mm -hmm. that shows us the rainbow, we also have that in hearing. That's another reason why I like to use the example of light and audio. Yes. So now our frequency, you remember what frequency is? Yes. It's how many of the of these you have. <laughs> yep. Cycles in that waveform. You got it. <laughs> Some scientist is so, going to like cry if they hear me trying to explain this. Well, hopefully the, hopefully the smart ones will be like, these chicks are finally getting it. <laughs> <laughs> True. So in, in frequency, in light, that gives us our color. So purple, blue, green, etc. In audio, it gives us our tone. Okay. For amplitude, it being our intensity of the wavelength from the center line, right? Do you remember mm -hmm. what that gives us in audio? How loud, right? Yep, you got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got it. Okay. So to foreshadow our inverse square law discussion, wavelength and frequency is inversely proportional. Okay. So normally, if you've never heard that word before, the first thing we're going to do is look up the root word of inversely. Okay. So the definition of inverse is in reverse order of. Okay. So if we go back to wavelength and frequency is inversely proportional, we can say wavelength and frequency is reverse order of proportionally, which yeah. shakes out if you wrote it down. Once, if one side gets bigger, the other side gets smaller. Right. And in math, it's like, when you think of inverses, it's like uh, if it's 25 or 25 over 1, the inverse is 1 over 25. You got it. So, yes. Got so keep, keep that in the so back far. of our heads. Yep, cool. Keep that in our back of our heads when we get to that, it, you know, every time you think of the word inverse or see it or inversely or inverse square law, that's what we're talking about. Um, okay, so 
if we think about that and apply that to our visual spectrum of light, um, we have our red is probably going to be our lows, right? Because we have a long wavelength and a short frequency, or I should say a low frequency. So okay. long wavelength, low frequency. Our blues and our purples is short wavelengths, high frequency. High frequency. Got it. Which, remember your your visual write out of frequency mm -hmm. is the number of cycles. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. For red. Yes. Got it. Okay. Cool. All right. Question so far. I think I'm with you. I feel like you are, so I'm excited. All right. I'm, I'm excited going, too. Then. I'm like, wow, maybe I'm not as stupid as I thought. <laughs> All right. So why do you think we only see that little section of the spectrum of light? Um, is it kind of for the same reason that we can't hear above 20,000? Is it just like it, it exists and it's just at such a high or such a low rate that it's just like our puny little human eyes or ears just like can't comprehend it. <laughs> you absolutely got it. You nailed it on the head. Great. What we're, what we're gonna do is translate that into technical speak. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but you totally got the concept and that's what I wanted. Um, okay. So on that spectrum, right, those colors and those other things that we can't see mm -hmm. are made up of those different frequencies, right? Yes. So if I was to look at red to violet, I would see that red is, um, is what? What? Is that a long wavelength? Yeah. Wait, red is the, the long wavelength and then violet's that shorter wavelength. Mm-hmm and then the frequencies would be different. So if I go a frequency above that violet, my eyeballs can't see that very well. And if okay. I go frequency below red, my eyeballs can't see that. I'm sure there's some animal like an eagle or something that could probably see outside of the visual spectrum, but I'm not an eagle, so I don't know. So anyways, light is a form of that energy that coexists and interchanges with that matter. So our eyeballs can only pick up those certain wavelength and frequency and everything else on that spectrum falls out of that range. So another big element in understanding the visual spectrum of light is one of my favorite topics. And there are people in this world whose entire professional careers are on this topic. And that topic is color. Yeah, that makes sense. When you were a kid, did you take all the crayons out of your crayon box and and use every single one of them just to see what they would look like? Yes. I totally did the same thing. I also used those Scenti markers. That was my jam. What were those called? And Mr. Scent or something? Mr. I don't even remember. But I was totally the kid that was like sniffing the markers and then sniffing the Sharpies. I was totally that kid. <laughs> I, I just couldn't not. <laughs> My parents told me I wasn't allowed to sniff Sharpies because they said that would make me stupid. So I just nope. stayed away from that. <laughs> My parents didn't care and now I work in video processing. So here we are. 
<laughs> maybe I should have sniffed a few more would it made me more intelligent there you go you never know peaking the curiosity that's the key <laughs> so I could probably talk about color for a week but I tried to summarize what I wanted to point out for this particular lesson for you uh yeah. in a in a short little thing so let's try this out okay so my color color is a friend to me and the reason it is, is because it's an interpretation of those wavelengths and frequencies. Have you ever met anybody who's colorblind? Yes. I have as well. I have actually have a family member who's colorblind. That just means that their eyeball is missing the ability to interpret that particular wavelength and frequency of whatever they're seeing. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's still light. It's just our interpretation of it. Uh, out in the horse pasture, I got three horses with three different colors. And I can appreciate the fact that they have three different colors because I can interpret the wavelength of light that I'm, be that I'm seeing. Um, so I take my vision for granted because I don't think about it. I mean, if I looked at me at my desk right now, I have Carl, I have my little Minecraft minions. I have three different color sticky notes and all this other stuff that helps me get through my day. You know, orange is social media, purple is, is video, blah, 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 blah. So I totally take my vision for granted. And a lot of times I don't even realize what it is that I'm looking at, right? So the more that I learn about how my eyes are seeing and taking in color and all day, every day, um, the, what I do with it in our industry is fascinating. So I have a gajillion cameras here because I demo all the Sony gear all the time, right? This, this camera is going to perceive color differently than this camera. And then whatever monitor I see that on is also gonna be different because that monitor has different color uh, parameters. So there's a lot of things to consider. Either way, I'm thankful for my eyeballs. Have you ever heard in cameras monitors, LEDs, anywhere, the term red, green, blue. Yes. Okay, RGB, you know, Yes. there's been lots of jokes made. Um, have you ever thought about what the red, the green, the blue has to do with? It's like the colors of the pixels. Sure, yes, that's <laughs> okay. great. That was like, that was a total guess. So, yeah. Right. So, we can talk about pixels another time. Okay. But you you've hit on a great point. And so a pixel is made up of those three colors, right? Okay. So those three. I'm making a little. Ignore my fingers. I'm making a little pixel with my fingers here. Okay. Red, green, blue. Why those three colors and not any of the other colors on the visual spectrum? Because our eyeballs three most sensitive detectors is for red, green, and blue. That's how we perceive color. Oh, okay. So all the combinations of color that we see, like this teal, this purple fidget spinner thing, Carl, right? That's our combinations of that red, green, blue, giving okay. us our perception of this color purple. And we have uh, Mr. Sir Isaac Newton to thank for this. Oh, okay. 
Got it. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, uh, the album cover? I'm sure you've probably seen it on shirts and stuff of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, like, there's that little prism and then a yeah. beam goes in and comes Come back in. out. Uh-huh. So they're, they're using a dispersive prism to do that. Um, and part of that comes from the, from Isaac Newton's old, you know, lessons where he took some prisms and proved that white light is a combination of spectrum of colors by shining it onto that, those prisms and outputting it the same. And that's how we have our whole visual spectrum. Okay. You know, when you look at a, a red apple, we always think when we see a red apple, we're seeing red, mm-hmm. a, the color of red, right? Yeah. Have Have you heard of of this example being used in explaining how we see light or perceive light before? No. Okay. So this will help explain why the joke I just mentioned was so funny. Okay. And here's what we're looking at. I wish I had a red apple. Pretend this is a red apple, okay? Okay. Um, so the technical understanding is that we perceive that this object as being is red because when the white light hits it, this object is reflecting some of those wavelengths in the visual color spectrum, but not all of them. And the ones that are missing and the ones present give us that color combination that we call red. Okay. So when we, when we talked about this uh, a little before this uh, lesson, you mentioned why on earth do we see the colors that we see? Yeah. Well, technically these items, I don't necessarily want to say that they're colorless because that's not technically true, but it'll at least drive home my point that the colors that we see are combinations of the lack thereof or presently frequency of color, which is why apples are red and this is purple and black is not actually a color. So one thing that I really like uh, with the training materials available to us for our CTS, if you just stay focused on the CTS available material is um, the outline of the concepts is a high view. If you're wanting to get more in depth, go for the D because the CTSD helps us understand why we are doing what we're doing. Um, the concepts that we just reviewed, mm-hmm. the ones about color and why we can see what we see and being frequency based, that's all base knowledge why do we need to know all that stuff for the CTS? Why do we need to know all that stuff for our industry and the various areas of our industry um, is all, I, I don't wanna say relative, but it's like, you know, if I'm in sales, how does this affect me? If I'm in yeah. integration, how does this affect me? If I'm in live events, how does this affect me? So for you studying the CTS, try to put yourself in each of those person's shoes. And that might help you click with some of these concepts. In, in, in the audio world, you know, would you go back to a concert if you couldn't hear the singer properly? 
Heck no. Probably not. Yeah. Or have you ever been to like a a live singer at a bar and you're like the speaker is just blasting and you can't even think straight and you don't even remember what you ordered because it's so loud? Yes. <laughs> like yep. that production quality is terrible. If the guy yeah. would have just measured, <laughs> then we would have been fine. So, uh, so measuring light and measuring audio is key to many, many areas of the industry. Um, but in our example of a lighting director at a concert or a guy singing at a bar, um, we want to make sure that we're producing proper results. And that's why we care about measuring light. Um, do you have, uh, I'm assuming you obviously live in some form of house, like an apartment or a house, right? Yeah, I live in an apartment. Okay. Do you have uh, like light in your bathroom? Yes. Okay. Do you have one of those lights that are like the three bulbs or do you have like one that's just like a ceiling thing? Um, like the three bulbs. Okay. Have you ever had one of those bulbs go out? Yeah. And you walk in your bathroom, you turn your light switch on and you're like, all of a sudden I can't see myself or, or I see myself significantly less yeah. than I did the day before. So that psychological awareness that something has changed is key to making sure your light is properly measured. Why do I say that? If you were putting your makeup on in a bathroom that had half the light it did yesterday, you would be getting frustrated. Yeah. You would probably not do your makeup as well because you're angry and your face is all scrunchy and you also can't see where you're putting your mascara, right? Yeah. So if I had the incorrect light measuring, say in a classroom, my students are going to be angry by the end of the day because they're squinting to write their notes yeah. or they can't see me at the, at the front of the classroom. Right. Yeah. So that's where measuring light and the importance of making sure light is, is at its best comes into play in the CTS world, because you want to make sure that the experience, not just the mathematical part, but also the, the experience the person is having is going, is, is going to be productive. You're going to walk out of your bathroom with a nice makeup face. <laughs> so before we get into um, that, the idea of measuring light with instruments and the mathematical part, we have to talk about five properties of light. The five okay. properties of light I'm referring to, you've probably heard of a few. Mm -hmm. Reflection, refraction, dispersion, scattering, and absorption. Have you yes. heard of those before? I have. Okay. So these are what more terms that you want to put on a flashcard for yourself. Um, you know, I don't know, nobody knows what's on the test and we're not allowed to talk about it if we do. So, right. you know, we, if you run into a question where you're asked what the definition of X, it's going to be one of these five, right? These behaviors of light. Um, so if we were to walk through the definition of reflection, we can pretty much, you know, it says it in its name. If I look in the mirror, I see my own reflection. So this would be defined as light bouncing off of the surface it is striking. 
Yes. Okay. Refraction in this context, do you have your um your cup again with your pencil? Yeah. Let's see mm -hmm. it. Okay. So refraction is the light changing direction as it passes through a medium. In this particular medium, we have the air and the water, right? Yeah. Yes. That the disconnection of the pencil is refraction. You're witnessing refraction right now with your eyeballs. Oh. And how that is measured is comparing the capacity of air to hold the pencil and mm -hmm. the capacity of water to hold the pencil. Water is thicker than air, kind of sort of roughly. So yeah. if, I, if, if I have that pencil in air, I see it in one state. I put it in a new medium. I see it in another state. That's refraction. Got you. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Good job. Thanks. So dispersion, dispersion, I can never say any of these right, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, dispersion goes back to our Pink Floyd analogy. Okay. Right. You got one beam of light, boom, and then it just makes this beautiful cast like of even... light in all of its colors. Yes. Yep. Just nice, even beauty. I actually thought about getting a tattoo of Pink Floyd's uh, prism just because I love it and it has so much meaning, but we'll see. Um, I probably can't if I'm going to go for my CTSD because they'll kick me out of the testing thing. <laughs> <laughs> just get it like on your Anyways. back or somewhere you can't like turn yeah, right? and like look at it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Oh, man. All right. So then we have like two left. Scattering. Make you tape a paper over it or something. <laughs> I'd put gaff tape over it and be like, oh man. I would probably be friends with the test taker lady just for that joke. And be like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> like it probably honestly wouldn't be the weirdest thing they've seen either. True. True. I just like man, feel like funny. they've seen some things. <laughs> I get that vibe. They've probably seen it all. Yeah, and they're like the kindest people in those test centers too. Yeah. They're just like, da -da -da. like, yep, you're gonna go and take a test if you fail. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, like it's okay. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, I got right, you so off track. <laughs> that's okay. I started. I started thinking about Pearson view. So we got two other behaviors of light to talk about. Um, one is scattering, mm -hmm. which is just as it sounds, uh, you know, hitting a surface and then going off in all different directions, which is why I have this blingy background on my my work phone. Uh, you know, I love it when it's in my car on the magnetic strip thing, um, and the sun hits it, and the inside of my car is all sparkly. Yeah. Uh, which technically, you you would, you could, you could. Uh, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? contest that because technically these are these are little plastic diamonds and it's dispersing but uh you know this is the kind of conversations you have with talking about the behavior of light yeah. if my light is hitting this you know it's more of like a rough surface like i'm thinking about the iced uh weird things that are outside because it's 
fluctuating temperature and the snow is melting. Like there's an there's a ice. Um, I don't know. It's not an icicle because it doesn't look like an icicle. But it's like a blob of ice, and the sun hits it, and then it scatters everywhere. And then there's other ice out there where it hits it, and then it shows like this really cute little rainbow. So yeah, anyways, of light, all different. Um, absorption. Do you remember the whole apple thing I was talking about? Mm-hmm. Where light is consumed by those dark colors, and nothing is seen outside of that. There is a paint, and I want to get an Aston Martin with this color paint on it, where it sucks all the, the color out of what's around it, and uh, it's beautiful, but it, you know, it's wow. very, very black, yeah. and when you look at it, your mind kind of gets tripped out because there's no, you know, kind of like how cats use their whiskers to determine how, where they're at in a room or where they're at in a, in a hole we use shadows and sounds to determine where we're at in a room. We're not in holes, but you get my point. Yeah. So when our mind, when our eyeballs look at this paint, it gets tripped out because we can't determine the corners of a room or like the edges of the car. So the car just looks like this blurry blob. It's really fun. Totally a nerd That's thing. Really crazy. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So anyways, that is our five properties that we need to understand is possible before we start talking about measuring light. Does all of those make sense? And do you want me to go over any of them again? No, those make sense. Cool. Okay. Well, one last thing before we get into the, which I don't know if we'll have time for, but hopefully we will. If not, there's great resources for you available, which I'll mention. One thing before we get into the units of measure is the speed of light. The reason why I want to talk about the speed of light is because many of us think the speed of light is some distant thing that only NASA deals with. Yeah. And and yes, NASA deals with light a lot, but we see light and the speed of light all the time. It's all around us. Right. Um, but here's my point I want to make about the speed of light. Um, yes, it's 186,000-ish miles per hour, right? Mm-hmm. But if we go outside and we look at the sun, we're actually seeing the sun delayed from where it actually is. Right. The light that's coming from the sun has to travel a swear word length of ways to get yeah. to our eyeballs, right? Yes. So that... I don't remember how many miles it is from the earth to the sun, but if we, if we applied math and put the equation of how miles per hour it takes for the speed of light, the, the light of the sun, it's roughly like an eight minute delay. So when okay. we look out to the sun, we're seeing it about eight minutes in the past from where it actually is. Interesting. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's really it's, weird. That's just, that's so cool to, to me. About. And when we uh, apply inverse square law to the sun, it yeah. makes a crap ton of sense. Um, yeah. So when we think about that and we think about applying how light moves with how sound moves, mm-hmm. um, it's very similar. You know, if I have a crow to me is very loud, 
and with all these barns and silos around me if a crow or a pigeon does their thing I can mm-hmm. hear it and I can usually triangulate exactly where that crow is and I have a general sense without doing math how far away it is from me because yeah. of the frequency wavelength and amplitude of the sound coming from that crow's mouth is traveling to my ear hole how it's changing and how inverse square law makes that difference if i walk closer to it i obviously know that i'm getting closer to the crow right Mm -hmm. if i walk further away and i hear less of the crow then i'm essentially uh hearing less of or i'm further away from it i know you want to talk about units of measure and i'm running out of time because i have a hard stop too but yeah no it's okay I do want to talk, I want to give as much general information and I'll send you my notes on this so that you have it. Um, So you mentioned Candela to me and you're like, what the Royal F is Candela? (laughs) Yeah, that's what it, and what's the one that's a foot? Foot? Foot candle? I know it's not how much light is dispersing on your foot. I know it sounds like that, but it's not that clear. You know, you take your foot and put a candle next to it. No, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so let me break those down for you in a little for a little bit, and then okay. and then we'll sign off. Okay. Yeah. Sounds so good. So, a candela is a base unit of luminous intensity. Okay. So let's break that whole sentence down. Mm-hmm. Base unit means that it is the known descriptive unit of measure for a thing. That's what the okay. base unit means, right? Yep. So we don't even care what the thing is. We just know that it, that is the absolute purest form of that unit. Now we come over to the word luminous. Mm-hmm. Luminous definition is the emitting of light. Yes. So light emission. Like if I look at a headlight and it was shining, what I would see. And then intensity is how intense that is, right? Yeah. Okay. So if luminous means emitting of light, Mm-hmm. and then there's this base unit it means that per long ago there were no light bulbs and there was candles so mm-hmm. the old dudes described a base unit of light admitting as one candela one candle okay the la part is probably something languagey but the the point is, it's a base unit of luminous intensity of a single candle. Got it. And I just finished watching Game of Thrones, and there were so many candles in that series. I was super impressed with the props master. That, like, but nothing it, caught I, on fire. That nothing caught on fire, but then I couldn't, I mean, I can't not try to calculate inverse square law all around, you know, the cinematography of that show where they're doing a close-up of Jon Snow with 50 candles around his face. Like, how is he not blown out? How is the yeah, color temperature it, not different? How is it not, like, super washed out looking? Yeah. Yeah. So I was nerding out the whole time, but if you think about old-time candles, the smart guys standardized whatever a single candle was, and when lit, how much light emitted from that. And okay. so we just have to trust that that emission from a single flame is a candela, one unit called candela. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. 
So when you're saying something is however many candelas, that's however many old-timey candles it would take to give the same amount of light emission. Yep. Cool. Same I'm with you. Same same goes for cars. Remember back in the day we had horses? Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays we hear things on cars of like 150 horsepower or whatever. Yep. Yeah. One horsepower oh. is an element of power that, that we one use horse. to calculate. You got it. Oh. I never thought that was literal. Huh. Oh, it is. Whoever it was that measured, you know, old smart dude back in cars land, probably Henry Ford knew him. Um, yeah. You know, measured how much a standard horse ran. Yeah. And that's how they started measuring the horsepower of cars. Wow. That is the way some people's brains work. I know. It's fascinating. That's why I love talking to people. It's like, like so glad there's not a bunch of me running around because we'd yeah. all be bored out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. One last thought. Um, okay. Perfect. What is, what is my thing? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Wait. Uh, I forget. I'm too excited. Okay. Focus. Um, when you get into the things of measurements, like Lux and Foot Candle mm -hmm. um, and uh, Lumens and all that, remember there's Imperial and there's Metric. So yeah, Metric is Lux, US yep. is Foot Candle. Yep. And then Knit is Metric and yeah. US is Foot Lambert. And stay tuned because I have to go. <laughs> Okay. Um, That's okay. I'll send you my notes. I'll okay. send you my notes on lumens and incident and reflective measuring. And hopefully okay. that will unlock the mystery a little bit for you. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and talking to me. It was really helpful and really fun. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chrissy. Cool. All You're right. welcome. I'll catch you later, girl. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Study with Steph, she's the best. She's gonna help you get your CT.